0: The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice.
1: This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction.
0: Behavior matters.
2: It matters. And we're back for the second half of listening to uh, Tisha's interview. I had so much fun with that. And I can't wait to get into um, a sweet little story that she has about a student that I've met, you've met. And uh, it's just a very kind young man.
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay, I'm thinking about social skills and things that I know, experiences that I know that demonstrate some of that. And you had a former student who was helping you uh, at, a, at a job that you were doing, and he was so in love with you, always. We've always known he was in love with you, just the way yes. he looks at you and and interacts with you. And the two of you were walking back from getting some food.
0: And you yes, <laughs> I sure did fall. <laughs> and I had made it a point right before we were walking back with getting our food, to carry the food for us for both of us because he would inadvertently you know swing the food around to the point where it would get all mixed up inside the, the to-go tray and so I said no it's okay I will carry our food for us and I will be you know thinking in my mind I'll be careful and I won't mix the food up because there's <laughs> nothing like you know corn you know juice mixed up with your mashed potatoes yeah, or salad. yeah gross like yeah so uh so I was being careful with that while I tripped on the way Um, walking in the in the parking lot and you know everything went everywhere and all he could think about and comment on was the food getting mixed up and in in the trays where instead of saying oh my god are you okay let me help you up so I struggled to get myself up and of course you know there's a to-go line of cars right behind me and I'm totally embarrassed Uh, But he was oblivious to all that as well, that I was, you know, turning so red faced uh, because he was so concerned with the food uh, being messed up. And so uh, talking to his mom later, she was just mortified that he didn't help me up. And she she told him, you need to help her. You know, if you see somebody fall, you need to help them up. And he just kind of looked at her, you know, like, But the food was messed up. I don't, you know. (laughs) Priorities. Yes, we have priorities
2: here. He cared so much for you. He would make your coffee for you. Oh, yeah. It was ready. The things that he knew to do to demonstrate his care for you, he did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but food food kind of ranked me outranked me <laughs> yeah, <but> he, <laughs> sure. i know
1: the student i know the individual you're talking about i've met him um many yes. times when i've worked with y'all on, on aba training and mm-hmm. I, I do he he really does just adore oh, Tisha. he's
0: well he's a very sweet gentleman and uh and he's in his mid-40s now and um calls on a regular basis and mm-hmm. to check in on me or check in on, on sandra always calls us on our birthday or various holidays. And uh, and then he goes into his little loop of repeating some of the same things over and over. And, and so we have to, you know, redirect him into uh, something else. But uh, it's his way of just maintaining contact. And because he doesn't live here anymore. But uh, yeah, he is, he'll be forever in my heart for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know he didn't live there. Where'd he go? Where'd he move?
0: He went out of state with his, his family. Okay. Yeah. They went to go live out of state. So miss him.
1: Okay. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess I didn't realize he had moved too. So tell me, I'm, I'm trying to, I mean, I have, so I know so many stories that you could share <laughs> about students and unusual kinds of things. Well, I, you know, I, I go back to one where, um, and honestly, we're going to, well, you talked about executive functioning and the, the podcast is going to come out just before yours mm-hmm. talks about executive functioning. and, um, being on the roof of a house plays into that. Didn't you have a student who would sometimes get on the roof of his house?
0: I sure did. That's early on in my my career as a self-contained classroom teacher. And um, I remember the families, you know, really... Um, being very happy with, with the, the services and the, the teaching that I was doing with their kids to the point where many would tell tell uh, tell me, oh, you're like his second mother, you know, we really, we wish you lived with us, you know, because he, he responds so well to you. And of course, I found it to be a very big compliment, but I often... I also felt in the back of my mind, well, you know, it really shouldn't be that way. It should be that they are uh, able to maintain and, and exhibit, you know, appropriate behavior uh, on their own. And that's where the whole um teach training came along and really helped me understand how to develop independent functioning. But this one student, I remember, I was. this was when I was single back in, like I said, the 80s. And um, I got a phone call in the middle of the night, which is never fun to get, you know, because nice. you're like, right away, what's happened, you know? Uh, so, but I answered the phone and it was his mom and she was just distraught and she was you know upset and she says, he's on the roof again you know please I know if he just heard your voice he would come down and and and, because he he listens to you he only listens to you and so I said well okay I'll talk to him and so again this was a landline you know corded phone and so she had to reach the phone out the window and she she told him that it was me on the phone and I could just hear him say tissa that's tissa and she says yes he wants to talk to you so then I, of course, scolded him over the phone to get off the off the, the roof and get into to the house. And he came to school the next day with his eyes kind of big, <laughs> <and> <laughs> worried about what I was going to do. And so, um, you know, we talked I, I, back then, like I said, with, you know, I was new to the field and really worked on um, on a consequence based kind of um, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: strategy. And really, you know, I'd have to wait for that behavior to happen again for right. me to to take that approach. And so, um, you know, now I know much better that let's try to, um, let's try to change that. Let's try to prevent that. And so if if I were in this classroom today, I would, I would think about, okay, what is setting this behavior in motion? What can we do to, uh, to reduce that, the, the occurrence of that. And how can, of course I reinforce for him, you know, not to be able to do that, but yeah, the, the, um, some scary times for many parents, because some of the kids, you know, do engage in some behaviors that can be so, so frightening and dangerous. Uh, so
1: sure. And, and, you know, you're right. You know, using those consequent strategies, like you said, you'd have to wait for the behavior to happen again. And then now, you know, we know so much more about social narratives and all of those antecedent strategies, you know, and power cards and all those fun things that we do in classrooms to um, really try to help, you know, prevent and be proactive. But yeah, I mean, that was back then. And you know, I mean, Stisha, I know when I started working with kids with autism, it was probably a little bit after you. People didn't even know what autism was. I mean, it oh, was like, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, things have definitely changed for the better.
0: Absolutely. But um, and, you know, I think the only crime is not uh, moving forward with your new learning, you know, right. uh, staying staying in the old ways. You know, there's always going to be new research and new methods and, totally. and, you know, doing your, doing your reading and doing your research to see what's working best and really looking at the individual and what, um, what that individual needs for sure.
1: You know, what do you want to talk about to show what, 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 are, what are some things that you'd really like to share with our listeners about ABA teach be social? Um, I think with school starting,
0: and with kids, you know, coming back after maybe spending some time doing online kind of teaching and learning, um, classroom setup, classroom design is going to play an important role in, of course, keeping kids safe. You know, first off and form, you know, foremost, but um, setting up the environment so that. Uh, Students with autism in particular really know the expectations of the environment and know, let that environment visually communicate to them what those expectations are. And of course, including um, uh, times of reinforcement and um, things like that, I think are going to be very, very important (laughs) as well, Um, including those, the visual schedules and the work systems really will offer those students um, the ability to understand the expectations around them. And so when that happens and that's in in place, then we know we can reduce stress and, and overstimulation and anxiety. Yeah. All that. I think that's that's really, that's
1: important. That's really good advice. Really good advice for teachers. What about with parents? Do you have anything you'd like to share with parents um, if they're listening about, I guess, just the beginning of the school year and, um,
0: Sure. I think, um, you know, back in the early 60s when Dr. Eric Schopler was forming um, TEACH and developing the the program of the the TEACH program, the notion of including parents as part of the the programming was so brand new and so unheard of. And nowadays we know the true, true benefit of including parents and caretakers in the, the students' programming. Uh, so, taking advantage of the parents' uh, information and and including those things in the student's programming is going to be vital. And I'm just I'm saying beyond the IEP, of course, I'm I'm talking about every you know day to day stuff. Uh, if there's a change in a reinforcer, or uh, there's a change in in the home in the home setting that could be uh, could be a possible antecedent to some challenging behavior, we need to know those things ahead of time so we can uh, support the learner. Uh, once they're in the classroom. Um, so I love when teachers, you know, uh, send information home to families, quick check-ins or quick just emails or however they're, they're deciding to do that just to uh, keep the families um, abreast of how, how their, their child is doing. And I don't mean just, I don't mean challenging behaviors. I mean the good stuff for sure. Parents want to hear Absolutely. the good stuff. Absolutely. You know, where so many times I think you know families hear you know well he did this today he got in trouble here and he you know this is still a problem um, and we forget to to sing the praises of, of some of the good things that happened during the day and it's a, it's a great thing for our families to hear that as well. I totally agree you. But he did, you know, he did this great today. You know, he pushed his chair in without us telling him little things you right, know, are right. so, so important uh, right. as well. So parents can also find and look for those, those positive things uh, in their child's life um, is, yeah. is important on a day to day basis as well.
1: I remember back when I first started working with kids on the spectrum, I had a, a brother, two brothers and one of the brothers name was um, cash. And, he went to a non-public day treatment um, through the school district. And, you know, you would think about a non-public day treatment facility that they would have, you know, good data and things like that. And I remember I came over one time to work with the boys before they got home from school and No, right after they got home from school and mom was crying because the notebook that they sent home would say things like cash needs to work on compliance. Cash had a really bad day. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, I know cash needs to work on compliance. That's why he's there. And I know, you know, what does a bad day mean? Does it mean, you know, he didn't poop? Does it mean that he, you know, hit somebody? What does that mean? And so we had to have a really important meeting with everybody involved on the IEP team as well as the nonprofit public school treatment folks about, you know, accurate data and things like that. But, you know, I think, like you said, Tisha, parents know their kids, right? And so they really report what they're doing wrong, That you know, they did something right. They stood in line or, like you said, they pushed their chair in or they threw something (laughs) away or they did something right, you know. Uh Um, And I think it's important for parents do you communicate to, like you said, the school about change in diet, change in sleep patterns, somebody's out of town, somebody's visiting. You know, all those things I think are so important for that communication. And anyway, um, I appreciate that advice to teachers and to parents. That's really, really good advice. And is there anything else about Be Social that you'd like to share with us? Um, we know how parents access it. Is it. Um, So
0: we really, of course, we work on those targeted social skills that we've, um, that we've assessed and and have come to agreement with the parents, the caregivers that these are some important things to work with, work on right, right away. And so we start that work with the, the clients, but it's also, it's not just a sit and take, you know, it's kind of, it's not drill. It's not, you know, we make it very natural. It's got to be natural because that's right. how we are in a social setting. Right. So we set up um, as many ways that we can, in, you know, use a natural setting for that. We'll we'll walk them over to Subway or to BurgerFi and, and do things like that. Um, we set up times when kids can Meet up together. We even with our team group. They're learning how to text each other, and that's a whole, <laughs> a oh, yeah. whole way of understanding. And and you know, many of them, you know, even for us. I know even for me, you know, reading text message, and I'm thinking, okay, how does she mean that? You know, what does she mean by yes, that? And,
1: exactly, oh. right.
0: So teaching them to be careful with with how they're texting and what they're saying and like you mentioned before, you know, don't text a million times a day, you know, you can check in, but then, you know, and it's okay if they don't respond to you right away. There's so many things that go involved in, in texting. So So, uh, yeah. And then we play games and, and, you know, in, in playing games, it's all about, you know, cheering on, you know, the other person or accepting that you've lost or, uh, you know, all those social things that, that happen when you, When you play games and um, it's so much fun and I really encourage families to really seek uh, help in in accessing social skills services for their, for their, their children. Uh, Many schools uh, campuses have social skills groups. Um, I know that's for a fact and, and you know those are they're valuable, valuable lessons to be learned from from that as well.
1: And I love that you do in person and as well as virtual, because we did an interview with um, Tricia Lund a couple, of maybe three or four or five weeks ago. And she was talking about that same thing that some of her clients don't live in her area, but they live in other parts of Texas or other states even. And they love being able to connect with other people. And I think she told the story about a young man and a young lady who actually kind of have formed a relationship. Um, oh, wow. through that, yeah. yeah so it's super cool mm-hmm. and where in san antonio or is be social located just so listeners can know
0: we're um near Alamo Heights junior high um okay. off of 410 and Nacogdoches, kind of north east north central near the airport in, in that area of town okay. um and uh, yeah it's easy to access um and plenty of parking all that good <laughs> stuff that It's important about a
1: business. (laughs) Good, good, good. Yes, absolutely. I learned a lot today. Um, I learned a couple of new terms and things. And I learned about the supplemental services or supplemental special ed services, which is a huge thing for parents of kids who are taking star alt too. Um, And I learned what prosody means. So (laughs) we're (laughs) always learning,
0: aren't we? That's right. We never stop. (laughs) So Tisha, we
2: we used to be a part of a team that did training teach training all over Texas, right? Well, all over the world. Yes. Well, uh, well, that's the, true. The, 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 yeah, we have done. Oh, we've definitely trained all over the world. But our the team that did teach training, the hands-on five-day, um, we trained. Would you say we covered everything from Amarillo to Brownsville, Beaumont
0: to El Paso? Absolutely. We've been all over the state for sure. Uh okay. And that's a super fun training uh, to be able to bring in five students of autism, various various levels, various um, skill skill sets, and and then bring in teachers to to work hands-on with them is so much fun. It's a great learning experience. Super
1: cool. And just and, for our listeners, because I think that they would be spelling it the way I would be spelling oh, it, T-A-C-H, oh. but I know teach has an extra C in there. Can y'all tell us what that stands for?
0: Yes, it's the treatment and education of autistic and related communication, handicapped children. There we go. <laughs> so
1: that's it's T E. So the teach comes, teach comes out of
0: that. Yes. Yes.
1: It's two C's. Two C's. Yeah. And it's a great model. Teach.com. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, teach. com.
2: and teach. I think one of the things that came from training for us always that I think is still true today is the whole idea of restructure. You know, we would structure things up for students and then they would teach us yeah. what we didn't have right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it yeah, and that's even a, an ABA approach. You know, looking at the environment, looking at what's contributing to the challenging behavior, not just at the student and you know what the what the behavior looks like. It's right. like, wait a minute, what what set this whole whole thing in motion? Oh my gosh, it's because this activity is. Whatever set up too hard or not clear enough, or right. he's bored with it, or for whatever reason. So um, yeah, the the whole idea of restructuring and 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 even restructuring visual schedules. You yeah. may spend a lot spend a lot of time and even some some money. You know, laminating a, a picture schedule. Come to realize, oh my goodness, you know, he really doesn't understand this visual right. schedule, and so he's still not independent with its use. And so we need to look at something more concrete and right. uh, and add that instead.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all individualized, and um, and you know, teachers just it's 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 just got decades of research to support its use, as does ABA. So, like like you said, they just work really, really well together.
2: But I, I guess I think for me, the piece about that is that that applies in everything that we do. Is what okay? I, this was my plan. How did the student react? What did the data say about? how it's making sense or not making sense to him. And how can I fix that? Yeah, Uh, So,
0: uh, and it's almost, it also involves your own ego, you know, uh, (laughs) leaving your ego in the parking lot and saying, you know what, it's not about me about all my effort and time. It's about how the learner has understood what I'm trying to to use and to approach with how i'm going to approach this and so um yeah it's you have to kind of swallow your pride and swallow your 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 ego to to say it's okay you know i'm going to restructure and really because the payoff is so much better you know that they they're able to be Independent and understand the expectations.
1: So so true. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I do try something and I go, "Well, that didn't work." Let's go to plan B <laughs> exactly. You know, like oops, you know. And that's that's what the beauty of ABA is that it's a science, but it's not an exact science. And so we do try things and trial and error. And if it doesn't work, we move on. Versus mm-hmm. keeping doing continuing to do the same thing and expect different results.
2: Yeah, I there think you go. True. Who yeah. said that? <laughs>
1: <The> Albert Einstein.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Definitely checking your ego at the door is a very important piece, whether you're teaching gen ed kids or students with special needs in particular kids on the spectrum, check your ego at the door. We are, we're going to make a difference uh, by being able to respond to the student and what their needs are. So.
0: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) So I guess that's one of the things that, you know, I, I definitely learned Early. One of the things that I learned from you in particular, you've taught me tons of things, but that idea of restructure according to what the student needs. Uh,
0: and I suppose I think also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, no, I think another thing that we've all taught each other during teach training is about um, <clears throat> waiting and about giving the student, you know, some time and letting them try to problem solve on their own before we jump right on in and um, and prompt and and start moving them moving them through. Right. Give them just a little bit of wait time to to process that. I also think that we often practice during teach training is keeping, you know, making sure that we're able to mirror the type of behavior we're we're hoping to get from from the learner. So if we are agitated and we raise our voice, you know, that's not what we want to mirror for them. So uh, staying calm, uh, slowing our speech down, reducing the number of words we say, um, and just giving time to process the sensory environment, uh, not adding to it, not adding to the frenzy that that might be happening around them, I think is an important thing that teachers also taught me as a as a consultant to do.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, kids are communicating with their behavior. And so we just have to be able to Read that and figure out what they're communicating.
2: I had the other piece that we've learned through from each other is letting the systems do the work. I mean, you talked about how much those families depended on you in the early days when you were teaching those kids that you were their second mom and the one who could make everything work. but as we learn systems and we let systems work for children, then they're
0: not dependent on any of us, and then we exactly. can you know. So, exactly. We want a program to, for the day that we're not there, that they're able to yeah. be as independent as they possibly can. And it's not about Tisha, it's not about Sissy or Susan, it's about this learner figuring things out on their own. And, but of course, you know, us providing the systems in place for them to help them do that.
1: Totally. Totally. Well, thanks again, Tisha. It's been great chatting been with great. you and great to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks.
0: Great. Thank you.
2: I really enjoyed talking with Tisha. Uh I've real she has so many stories to share. And I really appreciate the things that she shared with us these last two episodes. Um and I have a question. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, and I just wanna say too, you know. She had so much insight for teachers beginning the school year and for parents, and I really hope that um, she was able to touch somebody with her advice because it was really great advice.
2: In Tisha's interview, she talked about a student whose parents called her at home because they knew he would listen to her. The student was on the roof, and they needed her to tell him to come down. This best exemplifies A, good rapport, B, the things teachers and therapists do, C, instructional control, or D, discriminative stimulus?
1: That's a good question. And, you know, I think it does absolutely represent good rapport um, between the parents and the teacher and Tisha and the student and Tisha. Um, But if I were taking the test, I would recognize that good rapport really isn't an ABA term. Um, It is also the things that teachers and therapists do um, with regard to (laughs) maybe having or not having so many good boundaries. I remember one time a parent called me at 4.30 in the morning to tell me that the melatonin wasn't working for her child. I was like, oh, gosh, okay. Um, Not sure what to say about that. It's definitely not an SD or a discriminative stimulus because the discriminative stimulus is a cue that a behavior should occur. So I would narrow that down if I were taking the test to instructional control.
2: Yes. Tisha had instructional control to tell him to come down off the roof and he would. Uh, If it were, if he understood come down off the roof as a stimulus to be discriminated, he would have done that for his parents, right? Um, So really good point. Yeah. Instructional control is is the best answer, the best thing exemplified. Absolutely. We really appreciate you guys every week when you come back and have a listen. We hope that you've
1: enjoyed uh, the things that Tisha had to share with us. Yes, absolutely. And as always, please like, subscribe, share or comment on social media and or rate or review us on the podcast app that you're using. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest
2: of the week. Bye.